Welcome to episode 3 of the Fantasy Fantasies podcast with me, your host, Lewis Wood. We're available on Twitter at fantasies underscore pod, and I'm on Twitter myself at lewiswoodff underscore UK. And welcome to the episode after the first week of the regular season, how ridiculous it was, and talking ridiculous. This week we are going to be talking hot dog eating contests, we're going to be talking some dynasty trade targets after week one, and I'm going to be talking you through which NFL player I'd like to be my best man. Let's get started. So to start, we're going to be looking at which NFL tight end is going to be the best in a hot dog eating competition from the top four performers in week one. Now, this is a really interesting question. You'll notice I've gone with the tight end position. This is because they're the biggest meatheads. I think they're going to be the biggest eaters out of the skill positions. I was going to look across all top four finishes, um, but quarterbacks, wide receivers, I can't really see them competing with the tight ends, so it felt a bit too obvious. So our top four tight ends of the week were Travis Kelsey, OJ Howard, Taysom Hill, and Gerald Everett. And I think there are two really, really interesting people here. I think Gerald Everett, he's actually quite a smaller tight end, playing more in the move tight end position. Um, so I can't really see him competing too much in a hot dog eating competition. Even though he does have the size, um, obviously coming from LA previously, I think he's a bit too cool. I don't think he's willing to get stuck in. So we're ruling him out straight off the bat. OJ Howard obviously came out with two touchdowns in week one off two receptions, which is as good a stat line as you can have, really at the tight end position and something you can really expect to see from a lot more tight ends over the course of the season being very touchdown dependent um i'm not a huge oj howard believer because of the injuries he'd had and i think this injury prone nature to him means he's going to struggle in this hot dog eating competition i think we're going to see him coming down with cramp quite early i think we're going to see him coming up with stomach pains quite early i think oj howard's going to find a way to tear his acl in the hot dog eating competition so that just leaves us with two travis kelsey and Taysom hill now, this is a really interesting one because you have your typical meathead in Travis Kelsey who looks like he'd be able to put away a fair amount of hot dogs. He's got the size advantage on Taysom Hill. Taysom obviously being a bit atypical. He's not actually really a tight end. He's not really anything. He's part running back, part quarterback, part tight end and not particularly good at any of them, but clearly relatively good at running the ball. Now, this one put me in quite a bit of confusion when I was trying to think about who would actually win the hot dog eating competition. So I went and did some research and I discovered an interview with Taysom Hill where he says that he has an Idaho potato for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now, if you've ever eaten multiple potatoes in one setting, you'll know that they are starchy as hell and they are going to fill you right up. So Taysom Hill, I know he has an appetite. Now, Travis Kelsey, I'm sure, can eat his fair amount of hot dogs, but I'm looking at that bread and I'm thinking, Taysom, if you have experience of eating three potatoes a day, three full potatoes, or three potato-based meals, I am backing you to win this contest. So, unfortunately, it's not really a tight end winning the position. It's a positionless wonder. Taysom Hill is our hot dog eating competition winner. Next up, I'm going to tell you about some dynasty trade targets after week one. And this is a really interesting point if you're in a rebuild. So we're particularly looking at rebuild trade targets here. 
I think people massively overreact to week one performance or specifically week one underperformance. So I think you have a real opportunity now to go out and get some players who should perform going forwards or maybe their situations change and there's a chance to lock them in for the season ahead. So to start with, I'm going to look at two players on the same team um, who are obviously affected by an injury to one of them and that's Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. Uh, the Cowboys actually, it's just come out, have neglected to put uh, Dak on IR, meaning they think he could be back in the next four games or so. But the value of the two has already taken a massive hit and contending teams don't think they'll be able to continue to contend with Dak and C.D. Lamb. Uh, Zeke, I'm not so interested in here because I think he's on the decline anyway, um, but I think you can, at this point, go out and offer someone like Derek Carr, someone like Kirk Cousins for Dak straight up, looking at the contending teams in your league and whether they might want to get out of Dak at this point in time. C.D. Lamb is a slightly more difficult one because he still has a huge amount of value, but if you have someone that actually thrives a little bit in week one, maybe someone a little bit older, I'm looking at someone like Michael Thomas, I'm looking at someone like Mike Evans, if you can package them and maybe a smaller piece as well to get C.D. Lamb, he's an elite asset for the next few years that you can get on your team relatively cheaply. I also want to talk about if you're rebuilding the players that I think you should be sending away and my tactic is always if a player massively sees an uptick in volume or in price point in Dynasty due to injury, uh, particularly in the off-season actually, I'm huge into off-season values, um, I'm looking to send them away on a rebuilding team. So for example, if you own Jeff Wilson uh, on a rebuilding team or actually potentially even on a contending team, I'm looking to send him away at this point in time. Uh, the 49ers backfield is always incredibly un clear and they seem to get more injuries than any other team in the league uh, at the position so if I own Jeff Wilson and I can get maybe even a late first for him which I think you could see in some leagues I'm looking to send him away uh, the same for someone like James Robinson although obviously the sell window for James Robinson was a good few years ago um, I think Travis Etienne we've got to remember that was his debut so he did drop a few passes but he also saw a huge volume of targets and I think he's going to continue to be the lead back in the offense but you might see some people starting to panic so maybe Maybe you could buy Travis Etienne, maybe you could sell James Robinson. I think either way, we have to learn to be calm when other people are reacting. So week one is a tiny, tiny sample size, but you're going to see a huge amount of people in a range of leagues massively overreacting and wanting to sell players or wanting to buy players purely based off that one game. Uh, wait a few weeks until you start to get impressions of players, but I think there are some good targets to either buy or sell after week one in Dynasty Leagues. So the final segment this week, I'm going to be talking you through which NFL player I would like to be my best man. And uh, from a personal standpoint, I've been with my girlfriend for about three years now, so this is a subject very close to my heart. Um, I think, first of all, we have to look at what you want in a best man. And I think you want someone who knows you pretty well, but you also want a certain level of unpredictability, a certain amount of craziness to them. You want someone that's going to be reliable and dependable, but you want the stag do to be a little bit mental. Now, I'm not talking like Antonio Brown level mental. I don't want to be set on fire and left in the middle of the street, um, but I want someone who's going to keep me on my toes a little bit and throw in some fun things that I wouldn't really have thought of. In terms of like the reliability side of things, that instantly brought me to the offensive line again, and even though he's recently retired, I thought someone like Andrew Whitworth who could be an amazing best man, and I'm not going to say that he wouldn't be, uh, but I think he's probably a little bit too old for my liking, probably a little bit too kind of let's have a sit down in a pub, let's talk about love, um, and I think I want something a little bit more high octane. 
which then led me on to actually another free agent, uh, Cam Newton, previous quarterback for the Panthers, then the Patriots, then the Panthers again for a little bit. Uh, obviously, we've seen kind of his mannerism in interviews. He's really exciting. He's really charismatic. Uh, we've also seen the way he dresses. That's really cool. Uh, probably not going to be dressing that way for my stag too, but actually it's probably not my choice. Um, but my issue with Cam Newton, I thought he'd be really fun, but I thought he's probably going to want to make the stag do, the Cam Newton show. You know, he spoke about how he wasn't right in the Patriots uh, offense when Mac Jones came in because everyone just wanted to pay attention to Cam Newton. And I think that's actually what he's probably looking for. So I think he's probably going to want a bit too much of the attention, going to want to do the things that he wants to do. So I'm going to go slightly less than Cam Newton. Which leads me to my final decision as to who I want to be my best man. So we're looking at obviously someone who's reliable, dependable, maybe someone who's been in the league for a little while, so we know that they're a dependable character. Uh, we're also looking at someone who's kind of a bit of a hype machine, someone a bit crazy, someone a bit fun who's going to bring some new stuff to the table. Uh, I really couldn't look further uh, than current Saints running back Mark Ingram. Uh, looking at the way he played hype man to Lamar Jackson when he was in Baltimore, looking at the way he plays hype man to Alvin Kamara uh, currently and when he was in his previous. Uh, stint in uh, New Orleans. I can't really look past him as someone who was so happy to be a hype man for the person next to him. But I also think he looked really fun, but he's been in the league for so long. We know he can handle the workload. We know he's going to be dependable as a best man. He's going to plan a great stag do. It's going to be great, but it's going to be all about me. But also, he's going to get me to the wedding on time. So Mark Ingram, uh, if anyone has his address, his email, his MySpace or something, uh, I might be looking to get in touch with you quite soon. So that brings us to an end of episode three of the Fancy Fantasies podcast, uh, the first actual in-season episode. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for all of the support so far. It's really meant a lot. I really enjoy doing this. Uh, it's a nice little thing to be able to do alongside my day job, although it can sometimes get in the way. So it's nice to have a little short thing that I can do to talk some fantasy, talk some stupid scenarios um, and get a lot of great feedback from all of the listeners. So thank you so much for doing so. Uh, all that's left to say is you can follow us on Twitter at fantasies underscore pod uh, subscribe on apple and spotify uh, and if you want to follow me i'm at lewiswoodff_uk. underscore uk thank you so much hope you've enjoyed the show